Welcome to Share Truth Apply Scripture. I am Jordan Shambly, joined as always by Cedra Sarton. I'm here again. Again, we missed I was you. Gone. La- I know yeah. I was gone last week, but I'm here today, so it's okay. Are you? Am I? Am I not the one and only anymore? Um, we'll, just... we'll see. Maybe. Okay. That's all right. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but also, we have joining us on uh, the phone. We have Ryan and Bethany Bomberger. They are co-founders of the Radiance Foundation. Welcome to the show, guys. Oh, it's great to be with you. Thanks for having us. This is awesome. So I just want to say that I have actually been a fan of the Radiance Foundation for a long time. I follow you guys on social media and stuff. And so for anybody who wants to check that out, go to theradiancefoundation.org. That's theradiancefoundation.org. And you can connect with them, find out what they're all about. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you both guys a chance, uh, if you want, to kind of share what you're about, what you do, because I know y'all are about informing, so we want people to be informed. So please inform us. Beth and I created the Radiance Foundation back uh, about 12 years ago. We wanted to tackle these tough social, moral, spiritual issues in a creative and educational way. And so we started the Radiance Foundation back in 2009 to illuminate, educate, and motivate. We illuminate the truth that every human life is purpose. We educate people about a myriad of social issues in the context of God-given purpose. And then motivate, because what good is our knowledge? What good is our faith if we don't put it into action? And so it's been 12 years of creative ad campaigns and fearless journalism, which we call factivism, our community outreaches, and speaking about 60 times a year in different venues across the country, colleges, uh, right-to-life groups, banquets, Capitol Hill, Supreme Court, all kinds of Supreme Court rallies, that is, uh, really just tackling these these tough spiritual issues from a biblical perspective. Awesome. Amen. And we just feel so, yeah, so deeply in our heart that as Christians, we have solutions to the problems in today's culture. And so many times we look to the world to find those solutions when as Christians, we look to Christ, we look to the Bible, and guess what? We can look to history and we can look to science because those show us things that are reflected in the solutions that the Word of God has for us and that God the Father has. So we should be leading discussions and not sort of following and dragging in at the end. So we're passionate about educating folks so that they feel that sense of ownership over solutions. That's that's amazing. I love that you you put it that way too because um, I, I think that that sometimes there's a fear in the Christian circles of tackling things from a scientific perspective because there's like a there's an illusion out there that that that's that that side of the issue belongs to the world where we all know mm-hmm. as Christians that. God is the God mm-hmm. of science. So, but at the same time, like you said, we have to stand on the Bible because we can speak about the scientific perspective all day long on whatever topic. But unless we have the scriptures to stand on, that's really an empty mm-hmm. argument. Exactly. It is quite amazing mm-hmm. that the revelation of God is really what science is. Yeah. And so when we educate ourselves appropriately, we can be prepared for an answer regardless of what our audience looks like. And each situation, whether secular or faith-based, faith-based 
um, there is an answer mm. that will help us find our identity in Christ and move forward successfully. Wow. Now, Bethany, you've written a book, haven't you, on uh, for for uh, for a younger audience? Um, for the way younger audience. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you tell us a little bit about yes. that? Sure. Well, my background is teaching. I taught mm. for years. My my education has been my master's degree in teaching, and so over the years, as I've homeschooled my own children after teaching in public and private schools, my heart was that from a very young age, we could recognize um, the importance of teaching our children what is right and good, teaching our children pro-life worldview, a biblical worldview. And so often I find that parents especially, and teachers and adults in general, really succumb to the fear of talking about hard things. So my motivation was to create an initiative that would eliminate the fear, replace it with the confidence that comes from knowing that you have the tools to age appropriately, begin discussions with your children about important issues. So I wrote uh, Pro-Life Kids, and uh, ProLifeKids.com is our initiative that... um, has, there are other resources on the website. There's free downloadables. We also have an activity coloring book where we gently begin to discuss the issue of what it means to be pro-life. If we, as pro-lifers, as Christians, do not teach our children, there is a broken world that is reaching our kiddos at younger and younger ages. So, the book is a colorful book. It's written in rhyme because that's how my teacher mind thinks. And um, my heart is that parents would embrace this tool and begin to talk to their children about the importance of every life, the importance of humanity, and understand that regardless of your size, regardless of the location where you live, whether it's in utero or out, whether it's in Egypt or Africa, America, It doesn't matter your location. When you're a person, you're a person. And as we begin to lay these foundational uh, building blocks of a biblical worldview, a pro-life worldview, because those are both synonymous, I believe that we're going to see generations of middle schoolers and high schools and college folks that aren't parroting what they're hearing in the world, which is a pro-choice confusion. They're going to understand the concept um, that is just so biblical and so powerful to be pro-life. So that was my heart in that initiative. Okay, and and Ryan, you actually also have a book, um, not necessarily for children. It's titled "Not Equal: Civil Rights Gone Wrong." And and for anybody who wants to know more about that, go to notequalbook.com. But I just want to give you a little opportunity here to share about your book. Yes, that book was actually birthed out of a very surreal experience being sued by the NAACP uh, that sued me and the Radiance Foundation, I guess I have to add that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) sued me over writing an article calling out the radical pro-abortion position, so I parodied their name, calling them the National Association for the Abortion of Colored People. And so, yeah, they they didn't um, care for that (laughs) parody, they didn't care for that, uh, I guess, revision of their acronym, but the truth of the matter is they're radically pro-abortion. It's an, it's an organization I grew up revering as a child. I loved so much about the NAACP and the landmark achievements they they made possible through the legal system. But I called them out because of their partnering with Planned Parenthood, because of their resolutions supporting the violence of abortion. 
the short story is two years in federal court. We lost at the first level, but then won on appeal. Yeah. And wow. it was just such a bizarre experience to have a civil rights organization try to sue me and silence me and prevent me from exercising uh, my most, one of my most basic civil rights, free speech. Wow. And so we did prevail, thanks to Alliance Defending Freedom, but not equal civil rights gone wrong really just goes into how the civil rights industry, and I said industry, <laughs> used to be a movement and became an industry, but how it's been hijacked by those who are on the wrong side of these issues, particularly the issue of abortion. Wow. I mean, you guys are on the the front lines of these cultural issues. I mean, it's, it's very obvious. Um, and, of course, that, that makes you very... Um, very uh, well versed in these issues and and very qualified to now be speaking at the marriage family life conference that is coming up here in June. Uh, just a little bit about that for our listeners. It's going to be held here at uh, Hope Hope Church in Tupelo, Mississippi, June twenty fourth through twenty sixth this year. Um, and the theme is by design, which reminds Christians that the truth we defend by its very nature declares itself true. It is self evident and. I mean, these experiences that you've described, I mean, these are things that Christians are probably going to encounter more and more as we continue, um, as these, as this cultural war continues. Um, so, um, how, how can Christians be preparing themselves and, possibly their own children? How can we be passing this on on a day-to-day basis as Christian parents to our children? It's a great question, and I think it is something that many people struggle with. The reality is that you cannot turn on the TV Mm. and uh, switch the channel to a show that's going to help you find a biblical worldview among this culture of death that is really what is prevalent. Um, And so... Number one, of course, we need to be in the Word of God and let that be the standard by which we weigh everything. And I think that we have to understand the importance, just like this conference is highlighting, which I love and why we're so honored to be a part of it. We have to understand the importance of godly marriage, godly family, and understand that our roles, I mean, Ryan and I as parents, our roles are to influence our children to, as Proverbs says, train up our kids in the way they should go. And too often, our responses to things that are going on in the world look so much like the world, Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of delineation. And the only way that we're going to be able to train up our children or understand godly marriage is to be in that Word of God and to let that be our primary source. And of course, find those whose uh, worldview lines up with the Word of God, and and be willing to be teachable and to listen and to contend for our faith and not take what we hear in the media and all around us uh, at face value, but dig deeper, be willing to do the hard work. Yeah, that's amazing, because really, cultural change, um, I think we've seen in the past, It's it, it, you have to look at it in a multi-generational way. Um, you have mm-hmm. to realize that um, parents raising children, um, that the, the cultural impact that, that, that parents have is, is massive. And I mean, the failures of the past have brought us to where we are in the present. Um, 
And right. so it is time for Christian parents to really dig into the Word and understand the responsibility that they have um, towards their children. Um, but it is it, we have seen uh, in in the recent couple of decades that Christ, the, the 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 Christian youth seems to be falling by the wayside. That we seem to be losing ground in that in that arena do do um ryan do you think that there is any uh, any glimmer of hope there are we are we seeing a, a change in that trend or does it seem to be that does that seem to be the case that the church is losing the youth well there's always hope because mm. there's always christ so right. <laughs> even as the culture gets darker and darker and the the light of christ through the church at times seems quite dim. I'm always hopeful. I mean, the problem is, as parents, we're supposed to be, well, the problem is that we're supposed to be Christ's ambassadors. The problem is too many times we aren't. You know, Second Corinthians 5.20 talks about being Christ's ambassador, and that starts in the home. And part of that is not ceding influence over our children to the world. Right. We give them devices, for instance, you know, the mobile devices and all these computers where too many have 24-7 access to our children, and they become larger influencers. And that's the part that, when we talk about Christian youth and, and wondering where they are, where they are, well, their main influence is coming from complete strangers. We right. wouldn't drop our child among, you know, a group of a thousand total strangers and be like, okay, there you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good luck with that. No, but we do that with these devices, and that influence has such a profound impact on our kids, informing their worldview. And their worldview is formed at an extremely young age. Right. I mean, we're talking before the age of 10. So we cannot feed that kind of power and influence to those who don't have our children's best interests mm-hmm. nor their soul <laughs> at heart. Yeah, yeah, and and today we've got so many people whose job title they have listed influencer, and that's it, and that's their whole job is to influence mainly the youth, the younger the younger generation, and they get on Instagram or wherever else that you can you can find them almost anywhere, and they're portraying this idea of how life should be, and and kids are looking up to that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it, it's sad because. There's, there are a number of studies from Barna, for instance, that show how, you know, sports celebrities, for instance, have far more sway and influence over, over people than, than pastors do. Mm-hmm. And it shows a decreasing influence of parents because these other elements have this, this access mm-hmm. and this undeserved access to our precious kids. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be aware of that. I'm not saying, get, you know, throw the mobile phones away or throw these devices away, but we have to reassess. What is streaming into our kids' hearts and minds? Yeah. And, and that's the reason why we, we need people like you guys. And, mm-hmm. and the other, you know, there are several other speakers I'm going to point out real quick that are coming for the Marriage, Family, and Life Conference. We've got, uh, I'm not going to name everybody, but we've got Dr. Michael Brown and, of course, our friends uh, Miki Addison yeah. and Abraham Hamilton III, a lot of people who listen yeah. to our station know, and uh, Kendra Knox, M.D. Perkins, who work with our, our uh, American Family Studios, and Laura Perry, Stephen Black, Pastor Joseph Parker, and several others that uh, I would encourage people to go to marriagefamilylife.net so you can see the full list of speakers. And, of course, that's including you guys, uh, Ryan and Bethany. So we're, we're really excited about that and to see uh, how people are going to be touched um, 
by your story right. and about uh, about the Radiance Foundation. And y'all are really I, I'm, I've got a couple of verses here that, of course, I pulled from your website. Um, it speak up for people who cannot speak for themselves. Protect the rights of all who are helpless. Speak for them and be a righteous judge. Protect the rights of the poor and needy. And that's Proverbs 31, 8 through 9. And then uh, also those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame, which Psalms 34, 5, I think really speaks. Those are two that uh, two of the verses that I've pulled just from your website. And I think that really says it all to me. Yeah. Yeah, and a, a verse that comes to mind, too, as we're talking about these things, um, we, we're talking about Christian families in a culture that is that is absolutely given over to wickedness. And uh, there, there's a scripture that my mom, who is also a homeschool mom, um, and, and we would sit down and we would read the Bible every day, and I'm, I'm internally grateful for that, but there was a scripture that she would pull out quite a lot when these type these kinds of uh, discussions would come up and it was, and I, I cannot remember for the life of me, <laughs> the actual uh, reference because Wesley's not here to tell me, um, <laughs> but it's in the book of Jeremiah. It's the, it's the word of God to the people who are in captivity in Babylon. I mean, that's a, a, a perfect description of the, uh, the Christian family in our culture today. But the words were basic, uh, I'm paraphrasing, you know, allow your children to marry Plant your fields, plant your vineyards, thrive where you are, you know, influence everything around you and, and pray for your, pray for the, uh, your leaders. And it's such an encouragement to, to realize that, um, the, the influence that Christians have is an extremely powerful cultural weapon. <laughs> um, we literally, everything that we touch and everything that we influence by the grace of God is 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 conquered into the kingdom of God and we can we can take on that role of the victorious church in a very bold manner even in a, a situation like this where it seems that the darkness is growing well it's growing in proportion to how bright the light is shining as well um because we the the church is actually it is a victorious thing we have a captain who has already conquered the world and uh, we can follow him um, in that. Um, but I do want to touch back on, we were talking about influencers, and I was just thinking about a lot of the influencers that I'm familiar with and um, who are not Christian, who are absolutely you know, uh, not representatives of, of biblical living, and their view on marriage, their view on uh, sexual relations and, and romantic relations, and that those worldviews are influencing the children who are who are watching them and i got to ask um is the state of marriage in the american church um any better than that in your opinion i, I there are numbers. you know we know that every society is based uh, is really built upon marriage mm. it, it's god's foundation for all that's to come. And of course, I know that across the board, even though there are many churches that are looking to speak into the issue of marriage, there are many more that are silent on the issue and have given themselves over to really this being accepting of things that aren't godly marriage. So it's, it's a, it's a very 
interesting thing to look at this. I mean, that's why we're so excited about this conference because this conference isn't dealing with the fallout of not having a good marriage. It's talking about let's make that our foundation. And unfortunately, the church at large has uh, fallen away from giving a message that talks about the importance. You know, there's such um, there's such a there's such a fear that we're going to offend people that we remain quiet and we remain, uh, we, we give ourselves over to things that aren't divine as Christian marriage. Yeah, there is, there is that immense cultural pressure to, to bend. And unfortunately we have seen many of the mainstream, uh, churches around our, our nation t- bending the knee and, and, and adopting, uh, approaches to marriage and, and those issues that are that are not biblical it, 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 and it and it can be it can be very alarming but what can say, say there's there's um, a young couple listening to our, our program right now and and Ryan I can give this to you um, and uh, okay for instance me and my wife Anna we have two young children the oldest is four um, what can we be doing on a day-to-day basis? What do our children need to be seeing from us that will build that foundation of the expectation that sh- they should have um, uh, for marriage in their own life? Well, God designed marriage for a reason. It's it's the foundation of every society, and it also represents his relationship with us, which is why you know we're using terminology in Scripture, the bridegroom. Christ is coming back for his bride. I mean, there's a reason why these metaphors of marriage are are used, because we're supposed to um, represent that. And before our children, we're also supposed to represent what marriage is and the beauty of marriage. Not that we don't ever fail, because we do from time to time. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, not often on, on my part, of course, but uh, I'm just joking. Of course, I failed the most, but I'm just saying we represent that. We show them the beauty of marriage. We show them what it means to have a, a marriage that's rooted in a godly marriage, that's rooted in, in Scripture, where the way that we treat one another, the way that we honor one another, the way that we, we love one another, we forgive one another. And it's not easy, but this is what we model to our children. So when they think of marriage, th- these are the things that they see. And, of course, children repeat the things that they see. And that's why any kind of, of marriage, any kind of family that's not first rooted in the Bible, um, you're going to have things that, that constantly stray. One of the things that I was struck by, um, one of the studies that I read, where I was asking Christian parents what were the most critical elements in raising up children, and only 4% of them said, you know, daily devotions. Mm. Less than 1% said prayer. And I'm thinking, what Christian parents are these? I'm not sure who's being yeah. surveyed, but this, wow. again, there's another Barna uh, study. But these are the things when kids see this modeled, they get an understanding, a fuller understanding, not only of, hey, this is how my mom and my dad interact. This is how they love one another. Mm. But prayerfully, they're also seeing, this is how God loves us. This is the kind of relationship that he wants with us. And so if we don't model it, they don't see it and they don't repeat it. Absolutely. That is, I mean, it is a very convicting thought too that, you know, I mean, I can see my own children watching uh, me and my wife and, and how we interact and, and they, and they act and they 
re- and they react uh, to us how we react to each other, and and it, it laying that foundation happening in real time is is kind of a scary thing to watch, but it is very real and. Um, and it is a very real responsibility that is laid on the shoulders of parents. Thankfully, um, there is the grace of God that gives us uh, strength to do this. We have the Word of God. We do have prayer. We can go to God for strength. And I think, honestly, that's probably one of the most powerful things that a mom and a dad can do in front of their children is to ask ask the Lord for strength, ask the Lord for you know, uh, forgiveness of sin and, 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 and that public repentance and that public reliance on God is a very powerful thing for your children to see um, because you're showing them the realist the, the the realistic expectation of a Christian lifestyle is that of dependence on God um, and and their reliance on his strength a little bit more about the the marriage family life conference um, it is uh, it is aimed to minister to culture wearied adults and youth uh, the youth is include included there because there is going to be a youth apologetics track uh, for attendees that are aged 4 to 17. That's an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that is something that is greatly, greatly needed for our youth, the ability to stand up for biblical truth in a logical, informed manner <laughs> um, is something that we are greatly missing. Um, again, you can register at marriagefamilylife.net. There is an early bird discount. That ends April 1st. Yeah, so get in there today. Yeah, and Go that's today. not a joke. That's not an April Fool's joke. That's that's very true. So, um, And, yeah, get in there today. The link to that will be in the show notes of this episode, as well as a link to uh, to the Radiance Foundation website. Um, Ryan, what is that website again for us? The easiest way to get to us is radiance, R-A-D-I-A-N-C-E, dot life. Awesome. Oh, that is easy. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> um, so thank you guys for being on with us today. It has been an absolute pleasure and um, a real encouragement to me uh, to to really uh, dig into the Word of God and to, to live out the Christian life in front of my children um, because I know that more than just— more than just the culture is at stake here. It is also the lives of our children. So thank you so much for your encouragement and your work um, and for uh, and for being on with us today and for being uh, involved with this conference. I cannot wait to see what the Lord does with this. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Awesome. We're excited too. Yes. And, and until next week, everybody, continue to share truth and apply scripture. What is our individual responsibility in the church that we're at now? Oftentimes we think, oh, well, that's for the elders and the the pastor, you know. The truth is that the Bible does command individual Christians, regardless of their actual station in the church, their specific responsibilities given to us by God himself that are not just for the benefit of the church at large, but for our benefit as well. Engage Magazine, website and podcast. Learn more at engagemagazine.net.